broadcasting from down on the bayou. It's the Average Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast, a proud member of the Roar Network, powered by the GorillaPosition.com. And now your hosts, Michael Leander and Patrick Fry. And welcome to episode 53 of the Average Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast. You can check us out on AverageMarks.com. That's your central hub. You can find where we're at. iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify. Just got on Spotify, so we're pretty pumped about that. Google Podcast and much, much more. You can check us out there. Plus, we just got finished recording the championship finale of our Hottest Woman in Wrestling Tournament. You can check out who won at our website right now, AverageMarks.com. Click on media and then click HWIW tournament. And you can check that out. You can listen to all the episodes there. We are broadcasting live at the Collar and Elbow Studios. If you want some pretty cool wrestling streetwear, swing over to collarandelbowbrand.com. There, pick whatever you want. In the checkout, put the average marks, the average marks, one word, no spaces, the average marks at checkout, and you get 10% off your order. All right, so this is The Average Marks, episode number 53 for December the 2nd, 2018. Today's uh, agenda, we're going to recap, since this is the first time we've done a show since Survivor Series and NXT, we will recap those two shows. Also, uh, some more NXT news for WrestleMania weekend, a couple of, a little bit of a scheduling change for WrestleMania weekend, and a lot of... Very interesting switch, so to speak. We'll talk about that coming up here in just a little bit. Also, Cody Rhodes uh, sort of teasing a big announcement in in January. Some people think they may know what it is. We're not sure yet, but we will talk about that as well. Also, they did announce the cities that the uh, the XFL, not the NFL, the XFL, the cities the XFL will be participating in that will have teams. So we will talk about that. And then, of course, uh, World Tag League happening right now over in Japan. So we're going to... Give, uh, give you an update on that. We're going to give you an update on World Tag League, see who's winning. Still a few, uh, still a lot can happen in World Tag League, so still a, a handful of days left on World Tag League, so we will dive all into that on the Average Marks, episode number 53 for December the 2nd, 2018. Katie right now is efforting Robin Nelson. He is a pro wrestling podcaster. He is a paranormal investigator, and he's going to join us later on in the show. So mm-hmm. Katie's got that unlocked. She's going to get with him and get that all lined up. And she's actually pretty nervous because we haven't had, a, I guess, a guest in a long time. So I don't know. I thought it would be like riding a bike. But you know Katie. Yeah. She's tripping out. Sean Michael uh, Schnee, I guess that's how you say it. How's your day going, good brothers? Oh, we're doing good, man. We've got a nice little setup here. Hope it's uh, all working uh, pretty well. It seems like it's working well on our end for all the, the, the Amp Nation out there. So thanks you, uh, thank you to Sean for, uh, yeah. Sh- uh, for watching and listening and uh, commenting. We appreciate it, brother. But we're doing good. We're doing good today. Uh, yeah. Back at it after the week off. So Sean's a cool cat. Met him at the last FTW event. Mm-hmm. We need to get him in here one time. Really oh, knowledgeable yeah. about wrestling. Absolutely. Dude, can this go up? Oh, yeah, yeah, it could go So I feel up. like the hunchback of Notre Dame you, right What now. you got to do is, let's see, uh, you got to, this piece right here. Yes. And we, I guess we should, and then you should be able to you oh, loosen there, it up. There we and go. Then, there there we go. Yeah, there all right. Go. Okay. That's better? 
Yeah. Much better. All right. There we go. I mean, but, I got pretty bad posture, but I, I just felt like I was just... Well, that, that, that's, how you, that's how you do that. So. Like I had osteoporosis. Well, hey, it, uh, that's why I got the, these mics. I got all, we bought all this stuff here so we could have a nice little setup for all you guys. And uh, you guys can watch us live. And like I said, hopefully it's all working. So let's dive into the first topic here. Uh, let's talk about NXT TakeOver War Games. And uh, what a show that was. Man, yeah, uh, they had some great matches, in my opinion. Now, did Melter come out with the the star ratings for this? I I feel like I need to look because I really believe I'm the last person you should. I think that was a rhetorical question. Yeah. I'm the last person you should. Ask okay, look that. here we go. They got the star ratings right here. Okay, screw you, Dave. So let, let's go over the results um, from NXT Takeover War Games. Uh, a couple, few dark matches. Keith Lee defeated uh, Fidel Bravo. Lars Sullivan defe- defeated unknown male wrestler. <laughs> and Nikki Cross defeated Candice LeRae. Uh, those were all three dark matches before NXT TakeOver War Games. And then the show, excuse me, opened up, uh, quite surprisingly, opened up uh, because we were supposed to have Matt Riddle versus Cassius Ono, and then they took it off the the show, I guess. They took it off and... The show opened up with Matt Riddle, and I was like, okay, well, th- this is kind of interesting, and then Cassius Ono came out and was like, we're going to fight. That fight did not last very long. <laughs> Matt Riddle, a knee to the face of Cassius Ono, pretty much knocked him out, Yes. and Matt Riddle, a very impressive uh, singles debut at a takeover. He gets the win in seven seconds over Cassius Ono. Then the NXT Women's Championship match, man, this one was a really good match. This one got three and three-quarter star from uh, Dave Meltzer. It should have been at least four. A tremendous matchup. Shayna Baszler defeating Kari Sane in a third and final fall. Uh, what a match that was. Uh, also, the War Games match, which got four and one quarter stars. Dave's, I don't know. I'm not, let's see. Well, it's not New Japan, so he's not tripping. <laughs> well, Hanson and Pete Dunn and Raymond Rowe and Ricochet defeated Adam Cole, Bobby Fish, Kyle O'Reilly, and Roderick Strong with the Undisputed Era. A little bit of a surprise, in my opinion. I thought the Undisputed Era, they made, you know, uh, they won the War Games match last year, thinking maybe they do it again this year, but um, Pete Dunn, Ricochet, Hanson, and uh, Raymond Rowe, the uh, War Raiders, got it done. Alistair Black defeated Johnny Gargano in, in my opinion, was the match of the night. Uh, that one got three and three-quarter stars. That one, in my opinion, was a five-star match. Alistair Black defeating Johnny Gargano. And then Tommaso Ciampa retains his NXT championship with a, a victory over the Velveteen Dream. All these, uh, all, of, all the final falls here were all pinfall. Shayna Baszler did get Kari Sane to submit on her first fall, and then Kari Sane got the pinfall on the uh, Cruz Smith uh, joining us here. Cruz, how, how, how's it looking, Cruz? Let us know if it's uh, looking all right, if it's sounding okay, how everything's looking. Uh, I think maybe the five-star match with Aleister Black happened that night with uh, Zelina. Yeah, well, they got married recently. The hotel so, room. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, it's definitely. an unsanctioned match. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I'm just trying. I'm checking our levels here, making sure we're not, you know, overmodulated and whatnot. So as long as we don't get, I guess, too excited, yeah. everything will be okay. And when you said it was surprising about the undisputed era not taking it with the dissolving of the Bullet Club, you would think NXT would be smart enough to say we got the hottest faction in the world right now. Yeah. Well, I don't. I don't get it either. Yeah, it's uh, the undisputed area. Area. <laughs> the undisputed era is one of the, if not the hottest thing that NXT has going right now. And I'm almost yeah. afraid for the day that Adam Cole, they're going to make him go to the main roster because they, they made Adam Cole Bay Bay. Oh, okay. Adam Cole Bay Bay. Sorry. I know I'm surprised Cruz has not uh, corrected me yet. But <laughs> um, yeah, but it was a great match. I mean, it's a great concept that they brought back the War Games match that mm-hmm. they did back in WCW, and now they're doing it in NXT. So 
but they're doing awesome things in NXT. And it seems, you know, we talk about it every time there's a takeover. How how can NXT continue to, you know, keep how can I say out how outdoing what they do previously? They, you know, every NXT that they do it seems like they outdo the previous one. So kudos to Triple H, what he's doing in NXT, and now he's got NXT UK yeah. over there. They announced, uh, we, we, we didn't decide we we're going to talk about this, but announced the first ever NXT UK takeover that's going to take place in January, and I think Conrad was actually talking about maybe trying to get tickets for that, and Conrad, it would be more than worth it to go watch an NXT UK takeover. And uh, speaking of NXT UK takeover, Rhea Ripley, the first NXT yeah. UK women's champion. So... Um, so they're they're doing big things with NXT UK as well. But back to yeah. you know takeover. In my opinion, match of the night: Gargano and Black, uh, Tommaso Ciampa and Velveteen Dream was a great match. The War Games match was outstanding. Um, I was trying to think. I was like, you know, if I had to guess, and it, you know, Matt Riddle and Cassius Ono, while that was an official match, wasn't you know it, it was it, it, like Dave didn't even rate it, you know, because it was a, a knee to the face. One, two, three. Matt Riddle wins. But in my opinion, it was a great way to start the show because the fans weren't expecting it. They got like a little bit of a surprise, and it was just kind of a quick, you know, one, two, three, kind of get the crowd, you know, behind Matt Riddle, kind of get into the show a little bit. And then Kari Sane and Shayna Baszler came out, and they put on a clinic out there, in my opinion. And I was like, wow, like if this – try to find the, the worst match of the night. If you, if you take Matt Riddle and Cassius Ono out, what's the worst match of the night right there? I mean, you, you can't really... Uh, to me, Johnny Gargano and Aleister Black was the best, but uh, to pick the worst, there certainly was not a bad match, but uh, the worst match... And it's it's bad to even say worst because there was no bad matches that night, but yeah. uh, I don't even want to say which match could have been the worst because all the matches were really, really that good. Yeah, and you, you said, how can they top their last performance? But they always top the main roster as well. Yeah, they, well, that's... Doing that's, great things. Well, that's not hard to do these days, especially, you know, last Monday on Raw... You know, the fans apparently after the show were, you know, chanting refund that sucked and all that <laughs> stuff. And then on SmackDown, a completely different story. SmackDown's doing big things. So uh, downtime for, for Raw right now, certainly. One of the big surprises in NXT, because you know me, I love Cassius Ono, and I think they should push him a lot harder than they did. But Shawn Michael had a great point when I was talking to him in, at the FTW event. He said, man, when he was in ROH, Chris Hero was one of the white hot things ever mm-hmm. for that promotion yeah. and then when he comes here he, it's like he's just lost in the nxt mid card yeah you're right but hey uh you know in nxt they're doing uh they're doing a great job in nxt nxt and they actually came out with some numbers the other day on the on the wwe network nxt is the most watched thing on the on the network and i, I don't know if that includes obviously the pay-per-views they do and all that stuff but as far as like the weekly stuff they do NXT is up there, and over all the you know original content they come up with, which they come up with some good original content too. But yeah. um, shout out to Conrad, he put that story at our website, averagemarks.com. Yes. Oh, and speaking of Conrad, Conrad, I fly first class because I'm a big dude. Uh, when you buy his tickets to go up there and watch that NXT show, with yeah, you. there you go. Just just a little heads up there. But uh, NXT Takeover War Games uh, two was f- phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, shout out to AJ Styles for the pun. Um, now let's go over to Survivor Series. Now Survivor Series. In my opinion, obviously, overall, not as good oh, as... You retained the NXT. Oh, yes. I did retain the NXT uh, and Scorecard Championship. Mm-hmm. So I'm still the NXT champion. I've uh, been holding it now for well, half the year now. Quite a while. I will hold it to 2019 now because the next time we're going to do it is uh, when they go to Phoenix for the Royal Rumble. So yeah. we're gonna, uh, I'm going to put it on the line there. So a uh, different story for Survivor Series, though. 
Survivor Series. Uh, let's go over the the matches here. <laughs> uh, for some reason, I couldn't think of the word. Yeah. Um, the, the Dark Show uh, or the or the, the pre-show, the Dark Match is what they're going to call it. It was the uh, tag teams from Raw versus the tag teams from SmackDown. The SmackDown tag teams did get the victory in that match, and then uh, the show opened up with the women versus women Survivor Series match. Uh, the Raw women took that one home. Raw swept. SmackDown on the main show. Yeah. Seth Rollins defeated Shinsuke Nakamura. Akam and Razor defeated Cesaro and Sheamus in a match that only got one and three quarter stars <laughs> from Dave Meltzer. Screw you, Dave. Buddy Murphy defeated Mustafa Ali, and uh, he gave him four stars for that match. So that's uh, you know, they always those two guys put on the best match in two hundred five live history, and I'm pretty Buddy sure Mo- I said that yeah. in uh, in the, in the pre show for Survivor Series. Those two dudes can go, and then um, Team Raw won the uh, the singles men's Survivor Series match. Ronda Rousey uh, got won via disqualification over Charlotte Flair, and then Brock Lesnar defeated Daniel Bryan in what was actually... He gave it four and a half stars that match. That, that match between Brock and Daniel was actually so much better than it probably had any business of being. Uh, that was a really, really good match. At first, it uh, appeared as a... Uh, uh, Bryce Brujo, shout out to the AMP uh, crew, always killing it. Uh, thanks, Bryce. Well, thank you. you. Uh, you're, you're killing it, too, with the, the experience with yeah. Bryce Brujo. So uh, y'all go check out Bryce and uh, what he's doing there. We appreciate all the love, and we appreciate Bryce always uh, letting us use his his stuff. And uh, he, like I said, doing good stuff there. But back to uh, Survivor Series, the Daniel Bryan-Brock Lesnar match. Like I said, it was so much better than it had any business of being. I was sitting at home. You know, normally we get together at Brinks, and he he was working, and everybody was working. So I, I sat at home and watched it. But uh, I tell you what, you know, it looked like Brock was going to just beat the heck out of him, walk out of there with an easy victory, and then Daniel, you know, now that he's heel, gave the low blow to to Brock, and right. the, the tables turned, and Daniel gave Brock a run for his money in that match, and Brock ultimately won the match, but. Like I said, it was so much better than it had any business of being. So I am was thoroughly impressed. I was highly, as they say, sports entertained um, <laughs> uh, from that match. And the same thing with Ronda and Charlotte. Those were the last two matches. Those were the two main events. Charlotte and Ronda put know. on a great match. And the finish was exactly how it should have gone. Ronda uh, gets disqualified, wins the match, but... You know, Charlotte doesn't get pinned. Ronda doesn't get pinned. And you can, you know, revisit that feud somewhere down the line. So Charlotte and Ronda put on a great match. Um, Overall, you know, Survivor Series wasn't, you know, probably, I'd say it wasn't better than NXT. But it was a good show uh, for the most part. The two main events were really good. Up until that point, it was maybe a little lackluster. But, you know, the two main events, I think, made up for it. Right. And if you were listening to the pre-show on the Discord, you heard us talking about possibility Foxes putting the putting the the wrenches on WWE to move Ronda Rousey to SmackDown. Yeah. yeah. We could see that feud when we have the superstar shakeup. Yeah, we could. And obviously, with the success that SmackDown is having versus Raw, at least from the fan perspective right now, uh, Fox is loving the fact that they got SmackDown and not Raw. Yeah. And don't be surprised if this time next year, SmackDown's going to be the A show of WWE. It's not going to be Monday Night Raw anymore, and it's kind of sad to say because Monday Night Raw is such a historic show. Right. And SmackDown is historic in its own right. SmackDown has over a 1,000 episodes now, but Monday Night Raw is has been the flagship show for WWE for, for so long, and now... It looks like 
this time next year is going to be SmackDown because obviously Fox, it's going to be on Fox. Like right. so many more people are going to be watching SmackDown than they probably have right now overall on average, I guess, or or whatever. But and the uh, way they're going to cross promote it, they said with their other sporting events. Yeah, dude, come on, absolutely. So it's going to be a machine. Yeah, looking forward to that. Now speaking of next year, obviously WrestleMania is going to be in New New York next mm-hmm. year, New York, New Jersey, whatever the hell you want to call it, City uh, Lights. Yeah, and. An interesting scheduling change as <laughs> compared to what they've had the last few years on WrestleMania weekend. It's always been you know the Hall of Fame on Friday, NXT Takeover on Saturday, and then WrestleMania on Sunday night. But this year is going to be a little bit different. They're switching it up. They're swapping NXT Takeover and the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. So the Hall of Fame will be on Saturday night now. NXT Takeover has been moved to Friday night, and a lot of people are talking about how interesting of a move that is because. They're talking about the big show that Ring of Honor and New Japan is going to be putting on G1 Supercard on that Saturday night in Madison Square Garden. MSG, and, baby. And I, I guess, I don't know if it was Vince's call. I don't know if it was Triple H's call. I don't know whose call it was to move that show. But in my opinion, it's it's a smart move. Okay. No, that's it's what a, I was going it, to It's a smart move because no matter – because, okay, the Hall of Fame is the Hall of Fame. Nobody – you know, you want – people to watch NXT TakeOver live. And if you're going to go head-to-head with G1 Supercard of Honor or whatever they're calling it, then you're going to lose a lot of those you know, viewers. Whereas the, the Hall of Fame, most people will probably go back and watch that even if they really want to watch it. You know, and the, the, the numbers for the Hall of Fame are going to go down big time, in my opinion, uh, because everyone... I'm going to be watching G1 Supercard over the, over the Hall of Fame, that's for sure, uh, unless they get some really, really big names. If they can get... This is, in my opinion, how they can get the Hall of Fame to draw some viewers over Ring of Honor, Supercard of Honor. You induct Owen Hart into the Hall of Fame mm. next year, in my opinion, because Mark Henry, of course, had the, the speech last year pleading to his wife Martha, let them honor Owen Hart, let them induct him into the Hall of Fame. A name like that, and also, who else? Uh, Macho Man Randy Savage. He's not in the Hall of Fame. Did they ever induct him? I think they did. I don't know. I know the British Bulldog's not. See, that'd be another. Like, There's some big names you can put into the Hall of Fame. China. China would be another one. China would be a big name. You you, You should. China needs to be in the Hall of Fame because she sort of revolutionized, in my opinion, the the way that women were viewed in, in wrestling. She won the Intercontinental... She was the only woman to win the Intercontinental Championship. Yeah. Uh, first woman to enter the Royal Rumble. So, you know, China's be another one, in my opinion, to be a big name that they should put into the Hall of Fame. But nonetheless, they swap nights. Takeover is going to be on Friday night, which I'm okay with, and the Hall of Fame is going to be on Saturday night, which I'm okay with as well. Uh, you, you don't want to try and go head-to-head with that G1 Supercard of Honor because that show is going to be absolutely just massive. amazing. It's going to be a massive show. It's going to be the biggest show that I think New Japan uh, and Ring of Honor, it's going to be the biggest show Ring of Honor's ever put on, and it's going to be the biggest show that New Japan's ever put on on American soil. Do they sell out MSG? Oh, absolutely. Think so? Without a doubt. I think they already did sell it out. Yeah, I think it's already sold out. Wow, it didn't sell nice. out. It didn't sell out in the thirty minutes that all ended, but it sold well, it's out. A lot, it's a bigger venue too, as well. Yeah, it's, now, uh, it's sold out. Let me ask you this: We posed this question on our Facebook today. Now you said it was smart. Do you think there's a little bit of fear in there as well? I think I don't think there's fear, but certainly uh, I think I read somewhere that WWE they've been keeping their eye on other companies as far as. What they're uh, maybe as far as like the talent they're trying, they're trying to go after all this other talent on all these, 
you know, for with all these other companies. And I, I think they realized, hey, look, you know, we want NXT to have. I think Triple Triple H might have wanted. I, I'm pretty sure. I'm not 100. I can't confirm. I'm not you know an insider or anything, but. I have a feeling Triple H watches or at least follows the New Japan product. Yeah. He definitely follows it. Obviously, he has to because he, he's, he went out and got guys like Finn Balor. He went out and got Shinsuke Nakamura. He went out and got Ricochet. So, um, yeah, if you're scouting the product, you got to watch it. Yeah, you got to maybe not watch it religiously. He probably doesn't have a New Japan World account. He's but, got people that watch or, it. Yeah, he's got his guys that probably watch and say, hey, look, we need to go after this guy, this guy, or this guy. And look, hey, they're doing this. Maybe we should move, take over to Friday night, you know? Mm-hmm. So he's probably got some people that are, you know, watching out for him. All right, let's. Uh, you ready to move on yeah. to the, the next one? All right. So speaking of New Japan, uh, Cody Rhodes uh, is te- teased a uh, an announcement in January. I don't know. He didn't specifically give a day. I don't think just no. in January. It was at a book signing, huh? Yeah, it was at an event in Australia, and people were bugging him about uh, the wrestling organization that him and the Young Bucks might head up. And he was sitting. He said, "You know what? You're gonna have to wait till the new year. Big announcement in January. And it's gonna be bigger than you think." Yeah. So, looking forward to seeing what Cody Rhodes. You know, if he's going to be, uh, I guess, partnering in a way because obviously him and the Young Bucks kind of head fronted the All In event, and Cody Rhodes always, you know, I think had the uh, the plan to maybe not necessarily start his own company, but uh, certainly play a major factor in having you know or at least uh having a stake in in a company so uh, of course there was talk about jim ross um maybe the bucks uh chris jericho i don't know if they're all head fronting this i think jim ross is involved in it for sure don't know if jericho is involved but i'm pretty sure that jim ross came out on his podcast and said he is working with um you know some people to start this new company now jim ross is under contract right now with wwe still his contract expires march 31st which means he cannot call uh, they're not allowing him to like call uh, any new japan events or anything between now and then but once i think once march 31st comes around jim ross is leaving wwe and he's going to uh, new japan and th- i think he'll call matches for new japan maybe ring of honor who knows but he'll be able to do his own thing so to speak but cody rhodes you know, we don't know what this announcement is. We're thinking it's uh, going to be for this new promotion that everybody's calling All Elite Wrestling. So I have a feeling it's going to be an American-based company. Um, they have, you know, if you get a lot of these American, Canadian uh, wrestlers, and even some of the Japanese guys, maybe from New Japan and Ring of Honor, you could have something serious here, in my opinion. And especially if you have investors like you know like ted turner was invested in wcw gave all his money well not all of his money but he gave a good chunk of money to eric bischoff and said here you know have at it something like that got a a rich dude with some money and uh it's probably given jim ross or jericho or the bucks or cody whoever's head fronting this thing giving him some money saying all right go do your thing yeah maybe they're in league with the jacksonville jaguars owner's son Maybe so, yeah. Now, let me ask you this. What if it's a huge swerve and the announcement is Brandy's pregnant? Uh, I mean, well, I mean, that, that is a possibility. Now, obviously, that'd be huge news to him. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, it would be huge news to him. Um, I don't know. I feel like he... We got to be baby bump watching. Yeah, we got it. Well, yeah, because, I mean, that, that shot, you know, I, I could see why uh, or how she could get pregnant, but um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't think he would... I don't know. I just feel like Cody wouldn't make a big deal out of like he wouldn't say because if she was pregnant, why not just come out and say it now? And because this is funnier. 
I guess. I mean, it, this is like the but, ultimate swerve. But I feel like you know, in in that particular case, it uh, you know, so many people because obviously when you're pregnant. I guess you tell your family, you know, told some of the family, and you tell some of the family, they tell other people, maybe word gets out. Mm-hmm. You think we'd maybe find out before he actually reveals it, unless he didn't tell anybody, unless him and Brandy are the only two that knows. But I don't, I honestly don't think that's the, the But they're both about the business. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure they didn't tell anybody, if that's the case. Yeah. But let me, let me throw this at you. Okay. WWE is locking down all their talent, long-term deals, mm-hmm. because they don't want anybody to grab their talent. Right. right. Yeah, right. Even their mid-cards. Right. New Japan, tons of people on, on contract, although they do shorter contracts. MLW, they got people on contract. Where yeah. is he going to get his talent from if, in, if this is about the new wrestling organization? Well, like I said, you know, take some guys from New Japan because remember there was a rumor a while back they got new management in New Japan that yeah. apparently, you know, some of the wrestlers may not be getting along too well and they were thinking about going to WWE. Well, instead of going to WWE, you know, go to all elite wrestling yeah. and work for, you know, Cody and the Bucks or Jericho. Like I said, I don't know who's head fronting this thing, but obviously whoever's head fronting this thing, I think they're going to give their wrestlers creative freedom. And that's what a lot of guys in New Japan want, especially like an Omega and the Bucks and guys like that. They want that creative freedom. So, uh, or maybe they have a working relationship with New Japan in some sort of way. Who knows? Uh, we're going to have to wait till January to find out what Cody Rhodes has up his sleeve, apparently. Do you think that their new wrestling organization could kill ROH? Um, hmm, that, that's a good question. It, it, it could very well kill ROH, especially if you get all the top talent from ROH, you get all the top talent from New Japan, and you make one organization and you base it here in America. Yes, you will, and you can kill Ring of Honor. You're not going to kill WWE by any means. No, Nobody's no, going to no. kill WWE. That's just a, that's just a powerhouse, but... Um, yeah, you could certainly, you can uh, kill Ring of Honor, I think. Uh, who knows? Unless you have a working relationship with them where Ring of Honor can use some of your guys. I think that's the only way they can't kill Ring of Honor. Yeah. I don't know what the contract structure is at Ring of Honor as well because I know their guys can work indie events, so maybe they could still contract these dudes to be on their shows Yeah, and they still work for Ring of Honor. It's possible, but... I don't know. Uh, like I said, right now, it's all pretty much speculation, so we're not exactly sure what's going to happen with this all-elite wrestling. So uh, looking forward to it. Uh, let's see. Uh, catching up on the comments here. Conrad said, TakeOver had more views than Survivor Series. I believe that. Uh, Casey Jones in here. I think Impact would die off before Ring of Honor. Well, Impact, uh, I guess so. I could see yeah. that. Um, I could see Impact dying off before... Because in my opinion, if I had the choice to watch Impact or Ring of Honor, I'd probably go Ring of Honor. Cody, you better take the smoke show. Yeah. Uh, Sammy Callahan. Hell yeah, take the smoke show. I don't care who you are, take the smoke show. My goodness. <laughs> um, so, I don't know, Impact, because... But the thing about Impact, it's based in Canada, so yeah. um, it, it might die off here in America, but certainly they're, they're, they would try to you know, remain relevant in, in, in Canada for, for sure. Get some more Canadian wrestlers. But first of all, they got to make more money. Yeah. All right, let's uh, move on now. Thanks a uh, lot, Dixie Carter. <laughs> let's move on now to another topic, uh, a little bit off topic, I guess, in a way, in my opinion, uh, from wrestling. The XFL, the cities have been announced. Uh, actually, our new writer, Conrad Lee, all the way from across the pond. Uh, Could have sworn I – here we go. I put it 
we put it it's on our uh website if you go to our website go to the top go to news go down to gaffers wrestling reports and scroll on down a little bit what is that website patrick uh, averagemarks.com yes averagemarks.com or uh yeah averagemarks.com <laughs> so yes uh, the the xfl is still going ahead uh next year well not next year uh 2020 so still mm-hmm. technically two years from now uh, 20 these are the these are the cities that the the xfl will uh, put teams in dallas texas houston texas los angeles new york st louis seattle tampa bay and washington dc now to me a couple of those just like dallas houston los angeles new york seattle and washington dc those all kind of like okay those are all big markets and now granted st louis and tampa bay are big markets but like those are just kind of i don't know those are the two kind of random ones in my opinion like Maybe you could have put one in New Orleans. Maybe you could have put one in Chicago. No, no. I mean, if no. you're going to Dallas, Houston, Los, because look, Los Angeles, New York, Houston, and Dallas. I think those are the top four like markets in in the country right there. So, and I guess I don't know, you know, St. Louis, Seattle, Tampa, and Washington. I don't know where those rank, but those are not. Uh, I think Seattle may be in the top ten. Washington might be in the top ten as well as the nation's capital. So. I don't know. It's it's going to be interesting to see what they do with those, uh, you know, how those particular markets re- react, I guess, in a way, how the fans react to having an NFL team, I mean, not an XFL team in their city. Dude, this list pisses me off. Pull it back up. I'm, and I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to break this down, okay? A lot of these towns have subpar NFL talent. Yep. Dallas, although they're making a comeback here. Houston. Los Angeles, New York, uh, Seattle, Tampa Bay. Dude, these people could care less. Tampa Bay is having to give out free tickets to their NFL games because nobody comes, Mm because nobody wants to watch crap football. Well, it depends. If they can bring – and obviously, you know, not all eight of these teams can be good, but, you know, if your city's team is doing real well, that is obviously, in my opinion, the most important factor of – how to get fans to your stadium. you got to win ball games. And unfortunately, Tampa Bay, the, the Buccaneers, they're not winning football games. And then this is Vince's ego all over. This is him taking it out and wagging it to everybody. <laughs> Going in all these huge markets. Dude, when you had the XFL last time, you were in L.A., you were in New York, and they could care less about your football teams, even though L.A. had the best team. Tommy Maddox in the extreme. Yeah, but I think last, last go-around, they did it the wrong way. They... They just did it the wrong way. It was all about being physical, being violent. Now they're going to do it. In my opinion, he's going to do it the right way. He's going to learn from what he did the first time, and he's, he's going to do it right this time. Dude, th- these players are only going to be making sixty dollars to $80,000 a year. They can make more than that in the Canadian Football League. So you can't get Canadian Football League players. You're talking about this new league, the American Football Alliance or whatever it's yeah, called. the American Alliance of Football or something, like the AAF, which starts up in February. And the, the cities that they chose were absolutely perfect. I don't know why Vince is killing me, dude. Like Orlando and Las Vegas. Those people showed up every single game and ate your product up. Why does Orlando and Las Vegas not have a team? Why didn't you give them a nod? You're going to go in Dallas? You're going to go... I mean, there's so many diehard Cowboy fans in Dallas. They're going to spit on your product Mm -hmm. because it's not the Cowboys. Yeah. 
I mean, you're going to go back in two markets that could care less about you. I mean, look at the Los Angeles Chargers. They can't even fill up a soccer stadium that holds mm-hmm. 20,000 people, and, and they, they got a good team. Yeah, I was about to say, they actually, they're actually doing pretty well. So, Oh, I'm getting so riled up over this. Oh, it was, boy. It was a great article from Conrad. Check out all his columns at AverageMarks.com under the news tab. <sighs> Dude, and you know what makes me mad about it? It's because I loved the Gen 1 product. Yeah. I bought it on eBay on VHS. I got the whole season, and uh-huh. I, I still watch it on my VHS player during yeah. the offseason. Yeah. I love the XFL product, and I can see it failing again because of Vince's ego. Oh, yeah. Going in all these big cities. Go in mid-markets. There was another company that started right after XFL. It's called the United, uh, United Football League. It lasted for about, I don't know, five years. Yeah. They had a team in Omaha, Nebraska. They were called the Nighthawks. Dude, their fan base was rabid. Why didn't you go to Omaha? Why didn't you go to smaller cities like Orlando? Why didn't you go to San Diego who just lost the team? Mm-hmm. Killing me. Yep. Well, that those are the eight cities that the XFL will take place in, at least for now. Maybe... You know, if they see some success, maybe we'll see some more cities. No, they're not going to see any success. I was so pumped up about this, Patrick, but now I'm just ticked off. Now you ticked off. Well, that's unfortunate. All right, let's move on now back to some wrestling across the pond. We're going to talk about New Japan World Tag League. We're going to give you a little update on that, give you an update on the standings here. Um, We still have a few nights of New Japan uh, World Tag League 2018. Uh, They had one this morning. Uh, let's see. Oh, no, these are the results. Hold on. Let me go to let me go to the schedule here coming up for World Tag League uh, tomorrow morning. They'll uh, they'll have a, a show also on Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, and then the finals are going to be on Sunday, December the 9th. And as of right now, let's see who we got here. Okay, these are uh, the standings, all tied up top with 14 points. Evil and Sonata, Tomohiro Ishii and Toru Yano uh, up there. Boy, that's a that's an interesting team there. Toru Yano and Tomohiro Ishii, and they're tied up at the top with 14. Also, Tamatanga and Tangaloa at 14. Two teams tied at second for uh, with 12 points: Lance Archer and Davy Boy Smith, and also Juice Robinson and David Finley. Uh, the teams that are in third at 10: Zack Saber Jr. and Taichi, and uh, the best friends: Chucky e. T. and Beretta. Uh, also, Michael Elgin and Jeff Cobb. Boy, I tell you what, I, and I, I am embarrassingly going to admit I have not watched a single second of World Tag League, but I've been trying to. It's just been such a busy month. Um, then at eight points, uh, the teams of Minoru Suzuki and Takashi uh, Aizuka and then Togi Makabe and Toa Hanare uh, with six points is Hangman Page and Yurijo Takahashi and then Hiro, Hiroyoshi Tenzin and Satoshi Kojima, and then at two points you have Yuji Nagata and Manobu Nakanishi, and then uh, with no points, Ayoto Yoshida and Shota Umino. So that is the current standings as of right now for the World Tag League coming up tomorrow, tomorrow morning at least here in the States. Let me look and see what the matchups are looking like in the tournament. Uh, Nakanishi and Nagata taking on Tangaloa and Tamatanga. Um, also Kojima and Tenzin taking on Page and Takahashi. I wish they had like 
would tell me right here, you know, how many points each team has. Uh, David Finley and Juice Robinson, Lance Archer, Davey Boy Smith. That's a big match tomorrow. Jeff Cobb, Michael Elgin taking on Taichi and Zach Sabre Jr. It's another big matchup tomorrow as well. Toa Hanari, Toki Maccabee taking on Toru Yano and Tomohiro Ishii, one of the leaders there. Another big matchup for Yano and Ishii. Uh, Chucky T and Beretta taking on Sonata and Evil as well. So those are the World Tag League matchups uh, for tomorrow morning. And then, uh, of course, got some more matches going on. Uh, throughout the uh, throughout the week, and then December 9th, a week from today, is the final. So when next time we do a show, we will know who the World Tag League champs are. Dude, you killed those names. I killed it like in a good way? Yeah, in a good way. I know. It's, a, it's been a long time coming for, uh, for me. And speaking of, uh, Brinkman just, <laughs> just joined. Brinkman and, proud. Uh, yeah, Brink, you would have been proud. I don't know if you caught it just now, but I apparently Mikey O says I killed the the names, the all the... All the, the uh, the Japanese name, so yeah, you're doing great. Well, well. With that being said, um, it's almost time for the interview, right? Ah, uh, Katie, we good? Oh, thumbs up. All right, he's on the line. Go ahead and take us, uh, take us to it. And live on our CBD for you hotline, we have paranormal investigator and pro wrestling podcaster Robin Nelson. Remember, you don't have to live in pain anymore, have trouble sleeping, fibromyalgia, or anything that involves inflammation. CBD is perfect for you. You don't have to break the bank to get CBD anymore. Great prices and fast, discreet delivery. CBD for you.net. That's CBD. F-O-R-Y-O-U dot net. CBD for you dot net. Robin, what's up, man? Pretty good. How about yourself? Man, I'm doing great. Thanks for joining us today, brother. Uh, hey, it's my pleasure. Thank you. I, I tell you what, I, I started seeing your post show up on a lot. We're, we're affiliated on a lot of the same wrestling groups. And I saw your post coming up. And then I was like, man, this looks like an interesting cat. And then I started not to get creepy on you or anything doing some little uh, sleuthing on you. And I was like, man, me and this guy have tons of the same interests. I got to talk to this cat. Hey, it's going to be a fun conversation. (laughs) (laughs) So let's start off with pro wrestling because that's what the podcast is about. And then we'll start diving into paranormal investigating because I am very interested in that as well. Um, When did you first know that pro wrestling was your jam? When I first know, I was back when I was um, growing back up in uh, Bakersfield, California. Um on Saturday mornings when there was, you know, cartoons before all the other cartoons around. Um, I saw um, WBF uh, Superstars of Wrestling on, and I decided to watch it. I was at eight at the time, and I was like, oh, this looks pretty cool. And the wrestler that got me into pro wrestling was Rowdy Rowdy Piper. Yes. I I loved his charisma. I loved the way how he uh, presented himself on the camera, how everything wasn't, you know, scripted like it is today. He was just... Rowdy. <laughs> yes, and one of the biggest travesties in my mind in professional wrestling was him not holding the world championship in WWF. I know. That's a shame. I wish he um, had a heavyweight championship, but the only thing he ever got was the Intercontinental Championship as well. But I would have rather saw him get the heavyweight championship. I don't know what was on Vince's mind not doing it. He would have been a great world champ. Well, he came in at a time when, obviously, Hulk Hogan was red hot. Uh, so you had that going. And, of course, as we've known uh, from shoot interviews and stuff like that, Hulk Hogan wasn't sharing the spotlight with nobody. Oh, no, he wasn't. He was all to himself uh, for a very long time. I mean, 
And then you had other great wrestlers besides Piper. You had Andre the Giant, mm -hmm. Big John Studd, JYD, yeah. and all of them, and Hillbilly Jim as well. They um, they brought them in around Hulk Hogan to make it more of an interesting storyline in WWF because for a while it was just Hulk Hogan. So when Hogan would you know go to different house shows or events as well, they would also have to have like some uh, co-stars as well to do all the other shows to uh, entertain the people for many years to come. Yeah, and I would say his popularity rivaled that of Hulk Hogan. I mean, there was tons of Piper fans. So, man, it only made sense. But I guess at the time, you know, you got to go with the cash cow that you know is going to put butts in the seats. But, you know, it would have been nice to see him holding that strap. Oh, that would have been great. I would have been so marking out on that, man. <laughs> I'd be like everywhere where he went if he was defending that title. That would just would have been cool. I would have loved him um, had the title um, back if, you know, when he was like over in WCW. Remember when he went yeah. over to WCW? I'm surprised they didn't give him any belts as well. <clears throat> now, talk a little bit about your podcast, where people can find it, what's it about, what you do, all that good stuff. Uh, my podcast is it's Wrestle Popcast. It's on uh, Spreaker.com, iHeartRadio, Spotify. Um, you can find me on Facebook at Russell Popcast and on Twitter at WPopcast1. Um, my uh, podcast is um, I interview independent wrestlers up and coming all around the independent circuit in the United States and over in Canada or wherever to uh, share their stories as well. And I get some few, you know, um, big star wrestlers on well and some old school wrestlers. And I also interview like, you know, professional referees, uh, you know, uh, uh, wrestling photographers, promotion owners, and sometimes even fans. Um, I have a wide variety of guests I have on my podcast. Right, and I definitely enjoy your podcast. Um, now, you're, you're really involved in the convention scene as well. You go around to a lot of the conventions and, and meet a lot of the old schoolers and current wrestlers and stuff like that. What was the one wrestler that you met that you marked out for the hardest? Oh, the one wrestler I met that I marked out the hardest? Oh, that's a, that's a hard one. I mean, there were so many <laughs> great ones that I marked out with. I can name you two. Uh, Roddy Roddy Piper, of course. I nice. was like a little schoolboy. <laughs> I was just like tongue-tied when I met him. That was great. And then my uh, next one would um, have to be um, Brett the Hitman Hart. Mm. He was my uh, second favorite I loved growing up, and I was marking on him, man. I, I love some Canadian wrestlers. Right. And we always hear the stories of the, uh, the wrestlers that are, you know, absolute douchebags to fans who was the guy that you would say that you met that was turned you off the most oh that's easy that's big papa pump scott steiner no way <laughs> um i i met him at um motor city con up in um you know novi michigan and i was waiting for in line for him because i always wanted to meet him he was a total douchebag he was a dick to everybody man oh terrible you, you would think that that they would know okay look and obviously he's still doing some wrestling, but it's at really small promotions right now. You know, yeah. The limelight has passed me up. This is how I'm making my money now, selling autographs, selling pictures. You think they would know, okay, I got to turn off the douchebag for at least four hours. Oh, that's hard for some wrestlers. You can tell <laughs> they just don't really want to be there. They want the money, but they just don't want to interact with the fans. There's a lot yeah. of them like that. That is crazy. So let's go ahead and switch over to your other passion, which is paranormal investigation. When did you get into that? Um, I got into that when um, I was in junior high school. Um, I had a friend who was a Wiccan, 
And, um, you know, I didn't know what a Wiccan was and all that. She was like a, a witch, you know, of good. Yeah. And uh, she's the one that got me into all the paranormal stuff. She got me into books, um, everything from, you know, books to um, looking at different, ma uh, like, magic, demo demology, and everything. And she got me so interested in it. I go, this is um, pretty cool. So um, I started doing some more research, read a lot of books on the um, Paris, um, parapsychology, uh, demonology, um, you know, spirits and all that, what they do and, you know, and um, I also learned how to, you know, do old investigative techniques before all this, you know, <laughs> yeah. equipment they have nowadays, you know. Um, I remember I had a uh, old recorder, you know, and a, and a flashlight, you know, and some of the um, haunted cemeteries I'd go to or old abandoned places, I would just uh, use my recorder and have my trusty flashlight so I don't fall and hurt myself. <laughs> well, where can people find your paranormal podcast? Um, you can find me at Robin Nelson's Paranormal Files 13 podcast. It is on uh, Spreaker.com, iHeartRadio, and uh, Spotify as well. And you can follow me at uh, 13 Files on Twitter and also at Robin Nelson's Paranormal Files 13 on Facebook. Now, and speaking of you bringing the recorder to the graveyard, what's the most impressive EVP you've ever caught? <laughs> Um, the most impressive one I got, um, cause sometimes when you go investigating, there'll be times where you won't get nothing and there'll be times you'll get stuff. It's just like a, a time wait. This is like, you know, you know, like you're sitting fishing, you know, waiting for a yeah. fish. Um, I was at a cemetery over when I grew up in Bakersfield, California. Um, it was right next to Bakersfield college and we went in there and stuff and we're just, um, I was with my friend, we were just fooling around and stuff and I got one that said, um, get the hell out of here wow did you and, did you um, hear that, that with a live review or, or my, buddy, like... my buddy wanted to do a um uh you know a ouija board on there i was like no you're crazy dude. I'm not... <laughs> yeah get out of here with that <laughs> now did you hear that while you were there audibly through your ears as well or you when you played um, like no I, I didn't hear my ears but when i played it back i it was on my uh, recorder it, wow and, it was neat at the same time, but it was also freaky as well. Yeah, exactly. Now, obviously, there's a there's a few TV shows out there. Um, you know, you got Ghost Adventures. You got Nick splitting off and doing his thing. Uh, what's your favorite paranormal investigation show right now? My favorite, I would by far would have to, uh, you know, say Ghost Adventures of Zach yeah. Baggins. Man, he um, he's the one. It seems like he gets more of the evidence out there than anybody else i mean there's probably other investigators out there that get evidence but for some reason um zach man he he just gets it he's just like a uh he's just like a ghost magnet man he yeah. gets everything you know on camera on video recorder and everything um yeah zach baggins um i like ghost adventures there's a lot of people out in the paranormal field not everybody that really don't like zach baggins <laughs> but you know you know what haters make you famous too <laughs> and and they're just hating because they can't get the same evidence. Exactly. But the only one investigator that really came close to getting evidence to Zach is um, Nick Groff and his show, Paranormal Lockdown. He's mm -hmm. got a lot of great stuff, too. Yeah, and, and I'm sure you follow Zach on Twitter. Um, God, one of the scariest ones that I, that I saw on his Twitter feed was probably about a year or so ago. He's like, uh -huh. I just woke up. I got pulled out of bed. And I'm like, you know what? And see, I love watching paranormal investigations i've always thought about doing or, or going with a team and seeing what it's all about but when it comes down to it 
I'm a scaredy cat, Robin. Like, <laughs> like these like attachments that like Zach and them get. I'm like, I don't know if I could deal with that, bro. Um, I've had I, I've had an attachment once before. It only lasted for a couple days. Wow. Um, I was with some friends. We went to uh, Lexington Comic Con, and on the way home in Kentucky, we stopped at this place called Jailhouse Pizza. Um, it's uh, old uh, hanging prison, you know, back in way back in the day, and half of the uh, building of the new part of the pizza place is hooked up to it. And you can sit and um, eat lunch inside the original, uh, you know, jail cells. Everything's all, you know, original from back in the day. Yeah. And um, you can you can like look around, and um, it was like late at night when we got there. Um, so I decided to, you know, walk around, check things out. So I went around looking around, and when I was walking around, I felt like, you know, someone was watching me. I had this uneasy feeling, but I never, you know, thought of it, you know. So I just got around, was enjoying all this and then you know after i was looking around admiring the historical stuff about it um we ate dinner and then when we were finally leaving on the way home to back to uh, cincinnati i started feeling very hot and sick i felt like i couldn't breathe and you know i was you know huffing and puffing and my friend howard's like what's the matter i was like i'm feeling very sick man we got to pull over so we had to pull over for a minute so i can you know, figure out what was going on, and and I knew um, something followed me because I just knew it. You know, because yeah. there's no way you know uh, you know leaving somewhere like haunted. You know, having something follow you because most of the time, sometimes you know most of the spirits don't you know follow you. And I just thought it was like uh, you know food poisoning or something, and then it just lasted for a couple of days. And when I got home, I I just felt like you know I felt I just felt all this pain and suffering you know yeah. from what was attached to me and then after two days uh, later um i was I, I felt fine wow what's the most active place you've ever been to um the most active place i ever um been to would be uh waverly um um, I picked a lot of stuff up there to that Waverly uh, Sanitarium. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can pick a lot of stuff up there. Um, you feel like you're being watched all the time, and um, that's where I felt like most of all the you know weird things going on. Yeah. Um, I went. I went during the daytime. I mean, you can do investigations in day or night. A lot of people do it in nighttime. You can do it in the, in the daytime and still get evidence as well um, because you know ghosts don't sleep. Yeah. Now, let me ask you this. If you <laughs> it, okay, everybody, if you haven't seen Ghost Adventures, I would highly recommend it. Um I think they're on Hulu. Um uh, but of course, you can watch some of the episodes uh and I'm going to quote unquote pirated <laughs> on YouTube. Um but it, it, if you've never seen a ghost adventure show, man, I would highly say go watch the Bobby Mackey show, go watch the Sloth Furnace show. Um that will get you hooked on ghost adventures. If you were given the opportunity to go investigate Bobby Mackey's, would you do it? I I have done it before. Oh, uh, with, snap. Uh, um, I got in there. Um, first, we didn't pick up anything. And then all of a sudden, I had a, a pool ball flown towards me. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and that's, that's the only thing I caught. Um, really. And then if you um, are serious about, you know, getting into paranormal investigation, um, I advise you to uh, start with like a, a group that's been doing it for a while or someone that's, you know, um, is really knows what they're doing before you can get into it. Because if you go in, not know what you're doing or not enough research, you can end up getting hurt or something crazy can mm-hmm. happen. And I also advise 
never um, investigate by yourself at all either. I mean, there's people that do that, but that's a no-no. Yeah, no. And I tell you what, living here in Louisiana, we have one of the most active sites in the world with the Myrtle's Plantation. And I've always wanted to do, you know, a little tour over there and, you know, maybe spend the night in one of the rooms, see if I can catch any EVPs or something like that. Have you ever been to the Myrtle's? Um, that's on my that's on my bucket list. I would also like to go down to New Orleans because when you go down there, I think that whole city is haunted as well. Yeah. You can you can probably um, I've heard stories where you can just feel that like the city is alive, you know, with spirits and supernatural voodoo and all that great stuff too. And and sometimes it feels like you can walk into a whole different you know time period. Um, I've yeah. heard stories um, when I've had guests on my show. I've talked to psychics, mediums, paranormal investigators that would say like the same thing over down in Louisiana. Yeah, and that was another great uh, Ghost Adventure show as well when they were down in New Orleans. Um, uh, it, now, I would say, and correct me if I'm wrong. Okay. Um, Zach Bagans, in my opinion, right now, has to be one of the most credible dudes in the field. Do you think? Do you think that's the truth? I've heard stories. I heard he's great, and I've heard stories. Some people said he couldn't get along with them. You know, um, I don't know um, whether the stories are true or not, but that was what I heard. But when I've met Zach a couple times, um, I've met him at some paranormal conventions. He was just a cool, genuine kind of dude, man, real friendly, knowledgeable, and didn't mind you asking questions about the paranormal and all that. And then if I heard other stories where, you know, he's like a dick. Yeah. Now, how would um – how would I go about <laughs> booking Zach Bagans? You think um, the only way, the best way to book Zach Bagans is um, I would do research and find out who his agent is, yeah. or, or go reach up to the Travel Channel up through uh, them and see how you can reach out to him. Um, that's the best way to do it, really. If you know his agent, I wish I knew his agent email. Yeah. I'd be having them on my show right now too. Most definitely. So, or you can reach out to him on this, you know, uh, social platforms and see if he uh, will reach out to you. Um, that works too. But true. he probably gets so many different, you know, requests and stuff. He probably can't answer it all. Um, that's another way too. You just have to do some research and um, find out where how how he all started and find out who his agent is. Or yeah. go talk to Travel Channel and go through the channels through there and see what you can get. Okay, thank you. Now, who do you got coming up on your uh, on your wrestling podcast? On my wrestling podcast, I got a lot of uh, great guests up. Um, having uh, Ring of Honor's uh, Silas Young nice. on Wednesday, <clears throat> so I'm looking forward to that as well. That that's going to be such a fun podcast. Yeah, and I'm going to have um, pro ring announcer, box announcer, MMA announcer, uh, Slick Rick Rick Toms. Um, that's going to be a fun one as well. And I'm lining up a few more guests this week. So it's 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 going to be a busy week for me. Um, I just um, had a guest uh, on my Paranormal Podcast show. His name was Rob, Gar- Rob Garcia. He owns the Garnet 1858 house in the Haunted uh, Church. Um, if you were to get a chance, you should reach out to him and interview him. Uh, yeah. He's a, a paranormal historian. He's been in the investigating field in the uh, Kansas City area for many years. He's a fun he's a fun guest. You should get him. Right on, man. All right. Well, be sure to check Robin Nelson on the internet, Wrestling Popcast, Robin Nelson's Paranormal Files 13. Great stuff you got going on there. Thank you so much for joining us today, Robin. We appreciate your time. It was a blast, <laughs> man. 
Hey, thanks for taking your time to have me on. It was fun. All right, big props to Robin for joining us today. Thank you, Katie, even though you were stressing about it for <laughs> getting him on the line. Uh, yeah, Robin's a really cool dude, and I knew I had to talk to him when I saw him in, in the groups and started doing some sleuthing on him and uh, found out that he was not only a pro wrestling podcaster but a paranormal investigator, two subjects that I'm pretty passionate about. So it was really cool to have him on here. Definitely wanted to talk to him because he seemed like a really cool cat, and he proved to be a really cool cat. Absolutely. Glad to have him on the show, as always. Glad to have anybody on the show. But yeah. uh, I think that's pretty much going to do it for us here yes. uh, for the 53rd episode. So uh, we'll be back to no- back to normal now, now th- at the holiday. Uh, coming up, though, I uh, do want to tell you about our, the shows we're going to have up uh, December 9th, a week from today. We're just going to have a, just a regular show. On December the 14th, we're going to have our preview show. So Brinkman and Cruz, if you're listening, uh, December the 14th. Uh, check and see if you guys are off. We'll work around that if we have to. December 23rd, we're going to do our year-end award show. We did that yep. last year, had some fun with it, so yep. we're going to do it again this year. Uh, on December 30th, we're going to have our Wrestle Kingdom preview show, so on December the 30th. So that's pretty much the schedule for uh, the, the Average Marks for the remainder of the year. Yeah, definitely check us out online, www.averagemarks.com. That's your central hub. Also, check out our support the uh, support the sh- I can't even talk. Support the show page. A lot of cool sponsors um, that have come on with us. And um, uh, what works out with our sponsorship is that if we direct traffic to their websites and you guys buy stuff like at highspots.com, Amazon. If, you're looking, if you're looking for some really cool wrestling uh, merch or gear, or you can even buy your own wrestling ring at highspots.com. You can have one in your back room like Barrett Brown did. Dude, that'd be awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Amazon.com. You're going to be shopping on Amazon for the holidays. We know it because everybody does it. That's why Amazon is so huge. You can help support this show with no added money coming from your pocket. Essentially, you use our link on the support the show page at averagemarks.com. You shop at Amazon and they give money back to us. It's that simple. No money coming out of your pocket. Also, if you want to become a Patreon supporter, we got cool monthly perks that go on there as well, and you can get extra content that uh, we don't release on Facebook or Twitter or our website or anything like that. It's all on Patreon for our Patreon supporters. Um, shout out to Cruz and my boy Josh, yeah. our Patreon supporters. All right. Um, we want to thank Conrad real quick for his amazing column at our website, AverageMarks.com. Go to news gaffers wrestling report he's breaking a lot of stuff way before other news organizations Mm -hmm. so you need to check out conrad he's doing some really really great things at averagemarks.com all right time for me to get us on out of here it's time for us to roll dog all right outro you've been listening to the average marks pro wrestling podcast with michael leander and patrick fry all opinions discussed in the show are those of the average marks and do not represent any wrestling company, organization, or individual. For more information on the show, follow us on Twitter and iTunes. AMP is a proud member of the Roar Network, powered by thegorillaposition.com. <laughs>